Now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir, I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Ed and Dennis, rounding out the crew today as we navigate the latest aviation news and information here on Just Plane Radio. The show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. Now, we have a special passenger along board uh, or on board with us today, and that would be uh, Barry. Be Captain Ed. Well, true, because <laughs> you haven't been, uh, you know, a part of the crew for a while, so that that's a good Sorry, point I had, there. I had to go there before, okay. anybody, before anybody else did. Yeah, but, you know, he wanted a little holiday flight. Oh, okay. uh, our buddy Barry hey, is Barry. with us. Barry, welcome. How are you, bud? I'm doing fine. How are you guys doing? We're good. Now, Barry does have some aviation background to him. He hadn't done it for many years, but used to be a an aviation technician for Pan Am. Is that right? So you're like 105 years old, and uh, you did that back when... <laughs> you, you worked on the Clippers? Yeah. Yeah. Just right. air gauges no, was, a, or what? A, avionics technician. So anything that had electricity going through it, I worked on from mm-hmm. uh, changing out fuel probes to uh, changing out static wicks on tails. Yeah, cool. and he used to stick his thumb in, in outlets and things like that. And call, they, we call those people sparkies. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and, and you don't want to stick your outlet in a 400-cycle power supply. No. That'll hurt. Well, Barry should know. I mean, if you say, you'd see him, good thing it's a radio show. You'd understand even more so. <laughs> so, Barry, how long ago was that? Yeah. Oh, back in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. So and the you, the, the yeah. real true Pan Am, not the resurrected. Uh, there was an attempt a couple of years ago to resurrect Pan Am Flight Seven Twenty Sevens around the United States. That uh, right, that failed. Well, that was one of the airplanes they used to fly a lot of, along with the Seven Forty Seven. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, that uh, no, not it was the original Pan Am down at Miami International Airport. Uh, yeah. I drive by there with a tear in my eye once in a while. Really? So you did oh, this, and I, I loved it. Why I did you stop doing it, it then, Barry? What, well, what happened to Pan Am? <laughs> oh, that. There was that little issue. Well, I've been in their facilities down there, the 36th Street where they had simulators that, that was taken mm-hmm. over by Miami-Dade uh, University. So I've I've been all over that airport with, yeah, and there's a ton of Pan Am history there. Yeah. Is it, right. well, it kind of like, uh, you know, the ruins of Jurassic Park or something now, or? No. Well, one of, one of the hangars is all gone. Yeah. There used to be two. There's two hangers. There's a round one, and that was originally designed for the 747. And at one time, Pan Am was going to get the first supersonic transports yeah. when the uh, U.S. was developing them. And yeah. that's what that hangar was for. Got it. So were but, you like laid yeah. off and you've been waiting for them to call you back to work for? Uh, well, no, the, no I, I saw the writing on the wall because when you worked at Pan Am, you were vested from day one. So you would get every year. You know, the company uh, book, the stock uh, book that tells you what's going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, my father, being an accountant, taught me how to read it. And <laughs> I said, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Get the hell out of here. <sighs> yeah. Um, and unfortunately, my stepfather, who worked for Eastern, <laughs> um, yeah, right that place had you. closed down, I think, a year before. Yeah. Or, huh. or close to it. Because we used to go to Eastern to have lunch and dinner. They had a really nice cafeteria there. And that's where all the uh, stewardesses would hang out. Oh. Uh. 
So basically, if Barry started working for your aviation community or uh, or company, mm-hmm. that was a sign you you know you're going down literally <laughs> more ways than one. His family was. Cursed. I really hope that 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 would have been. I really hope that would have been the uh, company that I had retired with. I really loved working yeah. at the airport. That was my dream job. Yeah. Well, technically, well, good news with the um, aviation maintenance shortage, uh, you could probably get a job. Yeah, you right, probably get right back now. to work. No, they they would they would look at my age and they say, "Well, okay, you could retire next week." <laughs> no, well, I don't, I don't think they're they hiring you. old people. Seriously, <laughs> seriously, they, they need they, them. Wow. They even need you, Barry. <laughs> I mean, there's only a mandatory age for the pilots. I don't think there's a mandatory age for the mechanics. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. But Pan Am still exists today in another form. They they operate simulators um, and do type training down in Miami. And then they own a, a flight school here in Orlando area, uh, which I do some tests for. And actually, really? they're owned by all Nippon Airlines out of Japan. Interesting. Uh, so well, who, it's I not wouldn't the know. same Pan Am. I'm but, guessing but, not. But when you go into their flight school, you swear it is because it's all the memorabilia of the, the, the flying boats and the 747s. And so they, they're really uh, leveraging that, uh, that, uh, that, 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 legacy, that legacy, that history yeah. it's still out there, huh? So who knows? Maybe someday they, they actually may be like a, officially resurrected. Mm. You know what I mean? Get a new wave of, uh, you know, financing or something, and maybe they'll be back in the air and hey, hire Barry. Hey, hey, Greg, you know how to make a small fortune in aviation? Start with two. That's right. Small fortunes or large fortunes. <laughs> Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I've heard that. A- few ask times. Richard Branson how the airline business is going. Yes, he's an expert in blowing money. Okay, well, uh, Barry, welcome aboard. And Thank uh, you. you know, it's been a while since you've been in the aviation industry, but you still have a love for it. Dennis has taken you up in his Mooney two hundred one before too, right? Well, he he's- didn't actually want to go fly in it. He was uh, being kind of chicken, but he did taxi. Uh, <laughs> At the North Hollywood Airport, with oh, me, that's where right. we put the airplane and tied it down. Now, how did that make you feel, Dennis? Because that doesn't instill confidence in a pilot when your passenger says, eh, "You know what? Just tax me around. I really don't need to go off the ground." Not with you behind the uh, yoke, mechanic. I know. You know, I don't want to force somebody to do something they don't want to do unless it's you. <laughs> Good, okay, thank <laughs> like you. Like learn to fly. Right. So, <laughs> so why is that? Why did you not uh, have confidence in you know Captain? Dennis's uh, oh, piloting I, skills. I, abs- there, Barry. I absolutely have. I have confidence in his skills. All right. It's yeah. just. Um, I think as I get older, mm-hmm. I realize there are less years in front of me, and I want to try to preserve them as much as possible. Okay. That once again, that doesn't <laughs> I, sound very. I know that didn't make much sense, right? Yeah. No, it, it 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 just is. I mean, I like flying, but uh, you don't you know, like, like falling on a more. <laughs> I don't like falling. Right. Okay. And and you know, but. Is that why you were a mechanic and not a pilot back in the day? Actually, when I was in high school, I wanted to join the Air Force, but I was too blind to do it. You know, you, you had to have uncorrected vision. Mm-hmm. So that kind of threw that out. Okay. And uh, that was that. Yeah. But, I mean, it wasn't about looking at Captain Dennis's Mooney 201 and going, oh, hell no, I ain't ever going up in that. It was no, that just- was a cool little airplane. I liked that airplane. It's slick looking with the uh, tail going forward and all that. It's yeah. speedy, even though Mooney is uh, shut down operations. Yeah, it doesn't matter. That. I got mine. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, he may need you, uh, Barry, <laughs> in the future. Well, yeah, 
You know, maybe no, I you mean, can you know, help him out with, uh, you know, parts for his aircraft. Look, I, I had my neighbor across the street. He's a pilot, mm-hmm. and he rebuilt some kind of small airplane in his garage. He would bring pieces of it home. I see him working on airframe parts every night and put this thing all back together again yeah. and glue it. So, yeah. yeah, you can do that. That'd well, be fun. Would you fly with him? No. Okay. Okay. So he's not discriminating just against. I I think what it is, Barry. Barry knows about my journey to become a private pilot. So he's waiting for me to become uh, certified, so I could fly him around. Right? Something's going to freeze over. (laughs) That's the idea. So what's going to happen here is Barry's going to feel very safe and saying, "Yeah, sure, Greg, I'll fly with you when Mm. you get your license." Right. Right. Fully knowing that you know he's. Probably not going to have to a to, snowball's to chance uh, have, have to actually happy, come right? through with that promise. Yeah, well, there's that. I guess I, I've had I had a friend of mine. One of my best friends was hurt in an airplane crash, mm-hmm. and luckily he is alive, but he is permanently injured in a way that um, it breaks my heart a little bit because yeah. he still he still flies too. He's paralyzed, but he still flies. Well, there you go. So it's amazing. Yeah, yep. nice guy. Yeah. Well, we're not going to have that happen here. No, no, I understand that, and I know, I know. They say statistically, flying is safer than driving, especially, uh, especially if you drive in Miami. Miami's scary. <laughs> Heck yeah, you know. But I always feel like I have a little bit of control over what I do, as opposed to what other people do. Keep telling and yourself airplane, that. <laughs> well, no, no, no. But See, in I airplane, find it's the but, exact opposite. You know, in you don't have the roads that you're constrained to. You are talking to air traffic control. You've got better visibility of the traffic around you. And the people that you're flying with uh, and, and that are up in the air with you are at least trained to a minimal standard. I can't say the same for the Miami drivers. No, Where we're I going. It's, 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 you don't need roads. Not, That's right. right. It's, not, it's not the lack of roads. It's not the pilots. It's not that. It's if something goes wrong mm-hmm. in a car, if my engine dies, I just pull over to the side of the road. Well, if I blow a tire, I go over to the side of the road. So do I. Well, yeah, and I have seen it. And that's my biggest question is why do I hear that with these airplanes, you can glide them down somewhat safely and land them, but then you hear about these things that go wrong and they go, you know, I don't want to bring up any bad stuff. It's a holiday show, but why does that happen? Well, because we have the news and they got to put something on there. Uh, Just like the plane that went down in Dennis's neck of the woods last week and he texted me immediately. It wasn't me. What we all do. Yeah, we all do it, you know, because, you know, the odds are with us, but still, people wonder, you know, when you know a pilot. It just goes with the territory. All right, more coming up on Just Plane Radio. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. 
Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Shall I begin the Christmas story? Absolutely. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me. Merry Christmas to you. Hopefully you're making the best of it this weekend by uh, going in your local aviation school, flight school, and getting a certificate for uh, flight training. Uh, you're getting a lot of that right now, aren't you, Ed? Yeah, actually, um, phone's starting to ring and Discovery Flight gift certificates are starting to sell. The, yeah. That time of year, give the gift of flight. That's right. And you know it's like what a uh, Discover flight could be anywhere from what a hundred bucks, hundred fifty bucks, depending on what you want to do. Yeah, that uh, it, they have gone up over the years, just because costs have gone up over the years. You're seeing them more commonly between uh, ninety nine and hundred ninety nine, in some places even two fifty. Right. Just to 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 make sure you're not losing, yeah, large amounts of money doing it. Well, Dennis, uh, you could give Barry a uh, the gift of flight. Of you know, so he could go up there in an aircraft down in South Florida, and and Barry, the offer is always standing. I am more than happy to do that. Would you take him I'll, up I'll on that? I'll tell you what, what when when Dennis the next time he comes down, I'll go up in the airplane with him. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Now the question is, do you want He's, the pilot seat or the passenger mm, seat? Well, don't both seats have a little they steering do. wheel? It's up to you which way you want it. A little steering wheel. That's what they you, you, you're the good, you're, a little steering wheel, yeah. You're going to pilot it, and uh, if you want, I'll take it up when we're about, what, 30,000 feet where I can yeah, make mistakes no. and we'll still survive. Barry the wing walker. I see it now. <laughs> the, yeah, right. 
<laughs> we can make that if happen. you want to, you can bring Buddy with for moral support if you need somebody to hold your hand in the back seat. We- no, 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 no. Because someone, you know. Someone has to continue the family name. Someone has to continue the family of something. <laughs> Tell me more about how you land without power. That's what I want to know. Actually, for my flight instructor and commercial, it was one of the required maneuvers that we had to demonstrate. Not only did we have to land without power, mm-hmm. but we had to do it within 200 feet of the spot we picked on the runway. Aha. Uh-huh. Now, I don't know if he picked the spot, but you did have a fellow pilot up in your neck of the woods uh, stop it on a dime or on a wire. <laughs> Caught the third wire. <laughs> so okay, what, what happened exactly up there in Minnesota, Dennis? Well, uh, I saw the pictures uh, were being sent to me by several uh, several friends, and uh, apparently a, a pilot uh, from my hometown here uh, was out flying his little Piper supercruiser and uh, had a little uh, got a little bit low, either uh, didn't judge it right coming into the airport or didn't climb fast enough coming out, but he wound up catching the power lines and was dangling in his little airplane for several hours. Hmm. Ooh, that can't be good. That does not especially when you know their power lines. Well, he got lucky because he got the suspension wire that's in the middle, not any of the actual power lines, but they did have to have the utility people come out and shut down the power line, bring out uh, the bucket crane from the fire department, and uh, I'm sure they had to get some other crane to actually get it out of the wire, but he was darn lucky. I mean, walked away from no injuries, no problems. He just had to hang around for a while until help could uh, come get him. So you know about this hazard near your airport, I assume, right? Well, it wasn't even an actual airport. It's just some uh, open fields uh, south of town here, only about two miles from my house. Hmm. Well, so, I mean, how do you figure he misjudged this? This wasn't on an approach or takeoff, or you don't know for sure? From what I've heard, uh, he uses that property as a off-airport uh, landing area, perhaps. Uh, I so. see. Okay. You know, it's not a published airport, but, you know, it's not a requirement. You can take your, you know, look at the backcountry guys. They're landing all over in the the, uh, the deserts of Nevada and uh, Idaho backcountry and stuff like that without an actual airport. Yeah. And that might have been what he was doing here. Mm-hmm. There, There is an area in my neighborhood just north of here uh, that had a row of houses, and they had their own little private airstrip mm-hmm. where they would take off from behind their houses out here, out yeah. here. Yeah, so. that's a lot of uh, flying communities like that in Florida, and and as a pilot, you know that is my dream is to be able to have the airplane parked, you know, right in the house and be able to walk out the back door and taxi to the runway. That would be, you know, that's the dream Sweet. for me. Yeah, that would be the the that'd be a game changer for you too, wouldn't it, Ed? Wouldn't that's you love the reti- that? That's the retirement plan. Yeah. Well, I think a, uh, a house on the grass runway with the porch, so my wife's happy that she can see grass me. runway. I want a grass, real runway. Oh, no, grass runway. Oh, Why? no, that's you a real get the runway. Tail dragger. Yeah. Well, what if you had a hey, real no, runway? So maybe we need a field trip for just plain radio and head over to Spruce Creek or uh, Ocean Beach Club or one of these flying communities, or maybe even Jumbo Lair and get a get a tour of uh, uh, John Travolta's place. Well, of course, but, Greg would like that, but mm-hmm. you know, I there's one just west of Orlando that is absolutely divine. It's called Grassroots, and it's probably the best grass runway I've ever landed on. Yeah, why? What makes it so good? Well, they've 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 crowned it in the center so it drains well. They roll it, and of course, it's in Florida, so they water it so the grass is always good, and they keep it well mowed. Yeah, and it, you you touch down on it, and you know, yeah, you know, you're on a grass runway, but it's there's no bumps involved, and uh, well, the it, best of all we, worlds we, would be a, a nice asphalt runway, wouldn't it? No, 
Not necessarily. Why? You get a very soft landing when you touch down on grass. You don't get that grab of the pavement. And if you're flying something Hmm. like a 172 or, you know, maybe even a cub or something, uh, flying onto a grass runway is just the ideal Okay. Surface. You want that extra cushion. E- even a Corsair and a P-51. What do you think they flew off in the war? Mm, I saw the movie Midway with you. I remember it was, I guess they were grass runway. Well, when they were on the, they were on flying off aircraft carriers. carriers. That wasn't grass. Crew. I guess that's, wood. I guess that's accurate. Yeah. But uh, okay. I, would I think guess it would I, be easier on the uh, landing gear also. Yeah. A little extra cushion. Sure. All right. Well, uh, I guess I see it. I just, uh, I'm just thinking, you know, cleaner if it was asphalt. But yeah, have it, it just look nicer. Oh yeah, too. You, you're gonna do pick up mud and grass and all that stuff sometimes. But uh, but not enough have, to matter. That just means you have people like you around to wash the airplane for us. Oh, that's what you have kids for. No, that's yeah, what no, we, that's, that's what pilots are supposed, supposed to do. Oh, I'll be a pilot by then. By the time you're ready to retire, yeah, I'll have my certificate. Sure. And Barry will be my co-pilot. Yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe. We're not, we're, we're, we're not even going there to do a bet. Dennis and I are just done betting. No. Okay. There's no more bets going There's on? There's no more bets going on. I already on. lost too many of them. All right. Well, uh, you know, you thank goodness you weren't that guy. Got caught up in the wires. But uh, he was just out trying to take advantage of some good weather. Before things are finally officially snowed in up there in Minnesota, or what do you think, Dennis? Yeah, we had one of those ideal fall days. You know, temperatures in the in the mid forties and sunny, clear, very little wind. It was just like there's no way that we're letting airplanes sit in the hangars today. Um, I even took mine out and called up my my boss and said, "Hey, here's the day. Let's go." And we wound up flying out to uh, Western Minnesota to a town called Granite Falls. And we're treated to an impromptu air show. As we uh, approached the airport, there was a P-51 Mustang and a P-40 Warhawk in the pattern. Nice. What well, was going rare. on? That's rare, getting both of those. And they were just out cruising, taking advantage of the weather as well, huh? Exactly. They were just flying them one more time before the snow flies. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Been up around the stratosphere at 31,000 feet. I'm gonna fly on out of here on wings that you can't see. If you're gonna fly high without fear, you're gonna have to learn to love the atmosphere, and you gotta learn to use those wings you can't see. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co pilot, that's me, along with Captain Ned and Dennis, and our special passenger, Barry. Uh, you know, he's not flying at the moment, but he used to be a technician for Pan Am. Back in the day, so we welcomed him, you know, aboard our little holiday cruise uh, for this weekend. Now, uh, one of the things you might be doing this weekend in between, you know, buying stuff for the holiday gift-giving season is going to check out a movie. And Ed and myself got together with the fam and and checked out this uh, movie Midway. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really enjoyed it. Now, I kind of got, I I saw some kind of conflicting critic uh, reviews, but did you like it? I liked the movie. I mean, they they told the base story, and it was it was it was uh, based on a lot of the facts. Yeah, there was some Hollywood sensationalizing, and and you know the 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 um the CG effects, 
you know, were were phenomenal. They were. But, you know, what it may have been a little bit more overdone than than needed to be when when it come to came to all the explosions and so oh, forth. I but loved it. I know that you know that it, it was cool. You feel it in your seat and all that stuff. Yeah, and, we saw it in IMAX. And, you know, and, which I think it might be tough to see it in that format yeah. right now, but it is definitely one of those big budget yeah. you know, monster kind of it was uh, it was a you gotta go see it at the theater movie. Definitely. I mean I mean and it was CGI obviously, but it was very realistic looking. You know, and I turned to you and I said after the movie, I said, "You think that was realistic? Because it was insane. Yeah, if it was even close to that, it, I it, can't it, imagine it, flying through that stuff." In some ways, it was, and probably in some ways, it, it it was not. They probably weren't. The airplanes probably weren't as close as they were perceived in the in the in the uh, in the movie in the movie. Yeah, know, as far as you know, airplanes, you know, one right on top of the other. That there's usually a little bit better spacing, like when they're doing their. They're dive bum runs. They're not, you know, wingtip to wingtip doing that. Mm-hmm. They're doing it. Kind but of it is impressive uh, yeah. work. I mean, oh, yeah. even if it was fifty percent of what we saw in the film. Oh yeah, no, it's it. Like I say, and and I guess you know, other than if you were there, you really wouldn't know how accurate it was or was not. Right. Uh, but, good but, stuff. So go see it, uh, Ed and Greg. Give it uh, two props up. Absolutely. More coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Enough reindeer games. Back to the sky, boys. We need to shave three minutes off our flight time. It's the most wonderful time of the year. There'll be much mistletoeing and hearts will be glowing when loved ones are near. It's the most wonderful time. Yes, the most wonderful time. Oh, the most wonderful time. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Ned and Dennis and our passenger, Barry, uh, right now as we celebrate the holidays accordingly. So, uh, you know, you were just saying during the commercial break, Ed, that the uh, the original Midway, Midway yep. you knew somebody who had uh, had well, one of the airplanes that was used yeah, in the, that the, movie? The Rudy Frasca, the man I worked for in Illinois, got my first aviation job. He had a... He had a flight school built uh, flight simulators. That's where he made his money. But he had a number of warbirds. One of them was an FM2 Wildcat that they used in the filming of, uh, of the original Midway movie. They hoisted it onto a carrier down in Corpus Christi and had it running on the deck. And so nice. a lot of the pictures. So it's the one in the original movie that you you see the uh, uh, Felix the Cat on the on the cowling with the with the bomb in his hand that's painted like an eight ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's. Uh, that's his airplane in that movie, and he got you know pictures in his office of him meeting Charles uh, Charleston Heston. And how about and, that? Well, and, that's kind of cool. Well, and now now this is going to be a little bit more your era, Greg. Yeah, remember the movie nineteen forty one with J- John Belushi. John Belushi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, um, and you remember that he was a fighter pilot. 
I do. That was filmed in a hangar. The, the airplane scenes were filmed in a hangar in Champaign, Illinois, with Rudy's P-40, which is painted up in Flying Tigers. Hmm. And uh, so, that you know, of course, he had pictures with Belushi. But uh, you remember what Belushi did with the Coke bottle? Um, stick it someplace where he wasn't supposed to. Broke it. Uh, <laughs> broke it open to drink it on the side of the of the uh, canopy. And mm. so there's there's coke stains all over the cockpit still to this day. Oh, I bet he loved it when he yeah he, he did was that. so po'd. Mm-hmm. But he got a great picture out of the deal, I guess. Yeah, he no, he wanted to. No. He, he didn't know who that was. He didn't oh that boy, was. this was yeah. So that's the he. He he's a World War II generation. Charleston Heston meant more to him. So. Oh, I got gotcha. But then he goes out and buys after that one of the Tora 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 uh, Zero replicas. So he had a little movie thing going on in his museum. Hmm. Well, there you go. If you got money to burn, I guess that's what you can spend your money on, huh? That's a good thing to spend money on. My yeah, well, those things cost big money, though, don't they? Oh yeah. Not just to buy them, but then to maintain them. Oh yeah. I can only imagine. Yep, All good, right. Good. Well, good stuff. But they're not dropping in price, so they're they're no. actually a pretty good investment. Yeah, that uh, I saw Corsair listed recently for four point five million. Yeah, but you're not going to be able to put them in movies anymore because all they're going to do is uh, recreate those fight scenes with computers, like they Which did in the new Midway. Takes the fun out of it. Well, it, it takes I mean, the, let's look at top the money gun. out of and, the and what potential. are they doing with the new Top Gun? They're not doing CGI with the new Top Gun. They aren't. No, that's what you've heard, huh? Yeah. They're gonna they recreate this stuff for real. Yeah, no that that was one of the things that uh, that uh, from what I understand, uh, uh, Tom Cruise was very in, insistent upon. Of course, he's a pilot; mm-hmm. he has his own P fifty one Mustang, and so he he was insistent upon you know the no CGI. The, yeah, that, that I want the real deal, real deal, like the original Goose movie. has spoken. No Mav. No, that's oh Mav. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, well guess be- who I'm not going to watch that movie with. Hey, now, <laughs> might be an IMAX. We might have to do that one well, together, I've already, too. The, I've already got the plans. It's a, it's June 26th of next summer. Our friend Doug's coming in town to go with it. Go oh, okay. So we'll, we'll invite you. Okay, thank you. That, oh, thank you. All right, well, uh, we have that. Dennis, what else can we navigate through on this holiday weekend that has kind of an aviation feel to it? What do you think? Well, Greg, you missed your opportunity to get the ultimate Just Plane Radio airplane. What? Uh, Singapore Airlines was recently uh, decommissioned one of their Airbus 380s. You know, the big, big monster, monster the bigger than a 747. Yeah. Apparently, they, you know, they, they had a, another brand new one coming into their fleet and they had to take, you know, the oldest one. They were aging it out and they couldn't find a buyer for it. Nobody was interested in buying or leasing an A380. Uh, so it actually went back to the factory in France and was parted out. What? Uh, so really? They, they could scrapped. You know what? They yep. screwed up. They probably, if they would have said, hey, buy our Singapore Airlines airplane and we'll throw in the Singapore girls. Because that's a thing. Yeah. You know, they, they do kind of don't like that. There's that whole human trafficking thing, you know. No, I don't. I don't. Not I, really I, encouraged. That's, it's a thing. They supposedly, that's one of their big sale, selling points when you fly Singapore Air. So I have heard. Yeah. I, <laughs> you haven't heard that, Ed? No, I, I fly I Delta, tra- so I don't. Yeah, I don't really travel know. in those parts of the country. <laughs> it's an only thing you can only get away with it in Singapore. Wouldn't wouldn't fly literally here in the yeah stateside or whatever. But uh, anyway, so yeah, they couldn't sell their aircraft, huh? So they just parted nope, it out so instead. That's a specialized aircraft. It's a large one, so I think it's going to be someone that does a lot of transatlantic stuff, right? Well, probably or Pacific. Yeah, yeah. yeah so 
you know, most of the, it seems like a lot of the airlines are going to regional aircraft, except for the few that still do transcontinental. Flight. Well, maybe. Well, and you find out that the math hasn't been working for the airlines with these large four engine transports. I mean, Boeing is not moving a lot of 747s. Airbus is actually shutting down the A380 line and, it's the triple sevens and those, uh, you know, twin engine airplanes that are, are much more economical for those long haul routes. Well, yeah, but I think at one time, weren't there rules where you had to have a couple of, you had to have a four engine airplane. So you would have a sp- couple of spares of something. Oh, like that long? was back in the days that of Pan Am. Pan Am days. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Well, but, but I mean, no. seriously, wasn't there? Yes, there was. And the rules have been uh, loosened up quite a bit because of the reliability. And now they have something called ETOPS or the extended twin engine overwater performance spec. In other words, engines turn or passengers swim is uh, the acronym there. And they, <laughs> what? Have, I don't... they rate the airplane by how many hours it needs to be from a landing site um, in a, with single engine range and things like that. And uh, we were talking a few months ago that Southwest Airlines was actually testing their 737s to meet ETOPS requirements to go to Hawaii now. And so even uh, what's been typically a domestic airliner is now doing overwater runs of, you know, four plus hour legs without a problem. Mm-hmm. Way more reliable now, uh, Barry. So you yeah. don't have to worry about that kind of stuff, you know? Okay. Yeah. I enjoy flying. And one of the things I enjoy the most is that you can get from point A to point B in a in a very short amount of time compared to driving. And yeah. uh, one of the places I like to go to is uh, called uh, Everglades City. Oh, yeah. And uh, because it's stone crab season and you could fly over there a lot quicker than I could drive over there. Is it open right now? Is stone crab season open? Oh, yeah. So, well, I guess it is because stone crabs are a big holiday feast for mm-hmm. people that want something a little bit more unique than uh, turkey and dressing over the last couple oh, yeah. of days. So, uh, yeah, you I, know, I know there is a small airport over there, and I yep, had mentioned it to you a couple have of you years Have you done ago. that yet, Ed? Have you no, ever been? I've, no. You've never done a stone crab run? No. I've eaten stone crabs, but I've never flown somewhere to eat them. Yeah. Well, that's where the, uh, you know, that's where all the fishermen bring them in. Wouldn't that yeah. be, that'd be a great run, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. And you'd like to do that? If you had money to pay me to do that. Well, I, I don't need money. I just need a ride. <laughs> just need somebody else paying the bill. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But I can tell you well, where to go get them, Keith, which you probably Keith, didn't Keith's, know. Keith's credit card's maxed eh, out. So. Well, no, come on. It resets every uh, every 12 months, and we're at the end of the year. So I uh, think we're probably pretty okay. good to go. But, yeah, that'd be a, that would be a, an awesome uh, run. Have you landed there at Everglade City before? Is that a – I would it's, imagine. It's, it's small, non-tired airport. Right. Yeah, it's easy. Yeah, that would be a fun thing. You jump down there instead of doing your you know, $100 hamburger run. You do your $500 stone crab run. <laughs> no, stone crabs are about half the prices you'll get at Joe's, and they're the ones that Joe's gets. So you're going to get the quality without paying about half the price of yeah, it. Yeah, they're big as your So fist. how long does the season run so that we can start planning here? Is this something that we can uh, roll into uh, Sun and Fun in April, or is it, it the runs? It runs, I think, all the way to around May, I want to say. The, isn't it kind of in sync with lobster season? I was thinking it was. No. No, no. It, it started back in, um, I think it was October, and I think it ends in May. But I'd have to look it up. Mm. But uh, you know, it's the best. Un, it's the best secret, unless you're a Floridian and you know where they come in, which is Everglades City. Uh, you would go to the local restaurants and pay, you know, twice as much for them. Right. But so you the go there, get them. you get them half price. You throw them in your aircraft, and then you sell them 
and then you pay for your fuel and everything with stone crabs. Now, that has been done before, I guarantee. Yeah, that's been done. And we need to recreate that magic. It's making me hungry, I'll tell you that much. You know, so <laughs> they are uh, good. that would be a well, pretty we'll great trip. Our sun and fun plans this year. Sun and Greg, fun. You, instead of going to the Bahamas, we'll go fly down and go pick up Barry and then fly out to Everglades City. Yeah, I like it. Little maybe Bahamian lobster with some Florida stone crabs. Oh, oh. yum. Yes. More coming up. Stay close. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. For nearly 75 years, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association has been a beacon for those who cherish the freedom to fly. AOPA protects your rights as a pilot by fighting airspace restrictions, fuel taxes, user fees, airport closings, and other issues that threaten your ability to take to the sky. AOPA is on the front lines every day to ensure that general aviation and the interests of its members are promoted and safeguarded. Learn more about how you can become a member at AOPA.org. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. So beautiful. It's like Christmas Day and I got all the presents I asked for. I want to tell you what I didn't get for Christmas. The very thing I wanted the most. No island or peninsula or isthmus. You bet you guess where you're getting close. So close as you can put your finger on it. So far my wishing just didn't do. I didn't get for Christmas what I wanted. A little more time with you. A little more time with you A jingle bell chime And another word to rhyme And a little more time With you this is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me, along with Captain Ed and Dennis and our passenger, Barry. 
for this holiday weekend. All right, so uh, a couple little uh, tidbits to share before we wrap it up today. Uh, You might find yourself in need of an aircraft like we always do as pilots. And Dennis, you have found another outlet that uh, people may not have considered in the past. Is that right? What's going on? Yep. We need to look at the GSA auctions, you know, the government surplus, because apparently our Customs and Border Patrol has decided that they are done flying jets and are retiring the last five of their Cessna citations that they've been using to patrol the borders. Hmm. Uh, when when the Border Patrol put those citations on the line, they claim that the uh, airplanes were largely responsible for the uh, elimination of illegal use of private airplanes smuggling uh, contraband into the country. Uh, they had these uh, citations were equipped a little bit uh, differently than your typical business jet. They had a military fire control radar, infrared cameras, uh, law enforcement communications, et cetera. And they would they use those to patrol the borders, the waters of Florida, the Gulf. Gun uh, turret, do they have one of those on there too or no? Well, they're not armed, unfortunately, mm, but uh, nope. they have other aircraft that are. So Customs and Border Patrol is still continuing to fly other aircraft. They've just decided that the jet is no longer needed, and they're putting their efforts into Beach King Air 350s, more Sikorsky helicopters, um, smaller light law enforcement-style helicopters that they can have actual gunners if needed to to you know shoot the engine out on the outboard motor that's trying to you know race across in a fast boat, that type of thing. So mm-hmm. uh, end of an era, no more jets for customs pilots to fly, but uh, it's definitely not an end of the aviation unit within the Border Patrol. So. Well, you think you can get a bargain on this, uh, Ed? Think they're selling oh, I'm cheap. sure that uh, that they're gonna they're gonna auction them off in a sealed bid, and, and they're, they're gonna be, and they're gonna go for what they're worth. They will. Yeah, they, you people, can't, it won't be a bargain. No, I mean people do their research and put the bid in at the, at, at the level, but you're not going to be able to just go in and, and say you know what's the price on it. it. It'll be a sealed bid. That's the way all government surplus is. Yeah. Well, and uh, Barry was saying during the commercial break that uh, the government planes that he saw when he was working. And uh, at Pan Am back in the day uh, on the avionics, they're they always spotless. They always maintained them much better than your typical aircraft from a commercial carrier like Pan Am or what? Oh, absolutely. They were absolutely clean and spotless. They yeah. they they followed all the procedures to keep them nice. Hmm. Yeah, because they, they didn't have to make a profit. Well, and it wasn't their money. It was our tax dollars. That's right. So <laughs> well, you would, think, I, you would think they wouldn't care I, then. But they do. I would think they would want to keep a couple of jet aircraft. I don't know why they would want. Are these Beechcrafts as fast or? That's yeah. That's what I was thinking. No, they're not. Yeah, so they're they're giving up speed, but probably efficiency and cost is is more a factor, maybe, or uh, or maybe if they're just patrolling the border, they don't necessarily need speed. Maybe. Yeah. And well, more slow lawyer time is probably more important for them being able to stay up for longer mission yeah, and, times. And, and that's what they would do with those. They throttle them way back, and, yeah. and they're relatively efficient. And they they were slow enough that they could slow down and trail a piston airplane. You know, basically, they'll, they these airplanes were black airplanes. They go dark, and you wouldn't see them in the sky. And they would they would be tailing you close enough that they could keep you in radar. What do you uh, mean they go dark? They have no lights on them. And they'd be paint, they're painted black. Oh, really? Yeah. So they're very stealthy, huh? Yeah. Okay. Because you know most of the 
drug runners were running at night because right. they didn't want to be visually spotted. And then they would run low level so they'd be below the radar. And the reason they these airplanes were flying is that their radars is, you know, just like in, in a military fire control AWACS airplane, they're looking at looking down at the at the traffic below them mm-hmm. as well as the traffic above them and they're able to, you know, see somebody at a hundred feet above the water moving. They can see that boat moving uh, on the water with this type of radar. Got it. So. If you want to see how it was used, go watch the Tom Cruise movie, American Made. Yeah. yeah I was just oh, thinking yeah. about that. That was a great movie. Mm-hmm. That you was. See how he evaded those citations with his, uh, with his twin engine. He'd just throttle back so far and they would just, they couldn't keep up with him. They had, they'd overshoot him and he'd off he'd go. Well, there you go. All right, so uh, we got one more little uh, news nugget we got to share with our passengers today, and this is a an aviation themed gift idea. Is that what this uh, game is? What is this? Yep it's a it's a new video game coming out, and I know Greg, you like flight simulators, and so this one this one's geared to you perfectly. Okay the the game is called Airplane Mode, and basically you get to be a passenger on a transoceanic flight. You get put in your seat in a coach and you get your tray table in front of you. The guy that's probably going to recline his seat in front of you. Uh, You get the flight attendants that are trying to bring you meals when you want to take a nap. Uh, And you get to simulate a six hour flight in an airliner. Wait a minute. And the goal is to not uh, blow your top or something while you're playing the game. If you keep your cool, you win. Or I think it's supposed to be an immersive experience. And, you know, so you can see what it's like to be on these long flights. Uh, you know, there's a, a similar game called Desert Bus that has had a, a cult following for many years where you're basically driving a bus from L.A. to Nevada on a straight road. And all you have to do is keep the bus pointed straight the whole time and not hit potholes. And this is kind of on the same logic. There's a whole not a really? whole lot of effort involved here, but it's a Wouldn't longer- it be easier just to put your head in a vice, <laughs> just tighten it slowly but surely oh, over an extended yeah. period of time? are doing already yeah what would be cool is if in this particular game the stewardess came up to you and said sir do you know how to fly an airplane because our pilots are both out they're not that's out. greg's dream and you had to yes. go up there and then try to land it it could that's happen. greg's dream they got to incorporate that into the game <laughs> on that disturbing note we'll wrap it up for this holiday week until next time remember there is no better high than then learn to, to fly, fly. Just Plain Radio is brought to you by JustPlainRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the Information Super Skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plain Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlainRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plain Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to fly and the aviation lifestyle. Listen up, everybody. I have some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plain Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlainRadio.com. Just Plain Radio.